The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I'm grimacing because it was such an opportunity. Possession-wise, I thought they were good, but they didn't have the cutting edge and they don't have Sam Kerr. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Keen Tracy of the Irish Independent is with us. Keen, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, lads. How are you? Um, the dust is beginning to settle on Ireland's Six Nations triumph. Um, Slightly. Yeah. I think we can get another few days out of it. I, I, yeah. I mean, the, the country's going a bit mad. But sure, why wouldn't we? Like, mm. this is, there's, there's definitely two sides to the going mad thing. It's like, oh, we've gone too far. It felt a little bit like we'd gone too far in the build-up to the uh, England game where people were like just arriving to celebrate the victory before the match was played. But now that it's happened, go mad. If you're not going to enjoy winning a Grand Slam, I mean, it's only been done four times in the history, never been done in Dublin. So, yeah, like, I mean, even if you touch in the 20s, winning the, the Grand Slam 24 hours later, like, this is, these are special days for Irish rugby. I think everyone knows that the big, biggest challenge is ahead later this year, but that can come, like you mentioned there, like, it's, it's very important. I think the players are conscious of that. I remember speaking to James Ryan in about 2019, and he said that, uh, Rob Kearney said to them in the dressing room after they won it in 2018, to particularly himself and Andrew Porter, who'd only just broken onto the scene, it won't always be like this. And sure enough, it hasn't been. So mm. I think there's an element of enjoying it. And from what I hear, the players certainly enjoyed themselves over the weekend and fully, fully deserved. But it's mad to think like on Saturday week now, you're going to have Leinster and Munster knocking lumps out of each other in the Champions Cup uh, round of 16. And it kind of, it all goes back to normal before we build back up again in the summer. But what a weekend for Irish rugby. Yeah, yeah. And look, there's loads of other bits and pieces that we can get into. We did ask you to pick your Six Nations 2023 team. Did all of the players who were nominated, I'm just trying to um, do a quick toss for the player of the tournament, didn't make it. All right. Controversial. Who's out? Well, Thomas Ramos isn't at full back for, for starters. Um, Hugo Keenan, I think, is, for me, nailed on. One of the first uh, one of the first names on the team sheet. I'm looking here now to remember who I picked again. Um, I, I, I've got it for you if you need. Um, so you've gone... We'll, we'll start with number nine, which has to be DuPont, who is... Oh, yeah. like, so this... Um, I, I hadn't realised this, but maybe everybody knew this, but Matt Williams was on yesterday saying that um, France were delighted because they had had a really hard training block through the early stage and they hadn't uh, periodised the training to peak for the games. They were like, no, this is what's, this is, we're going to stress them. We're going to put you out on your feet. We're going to see how you deal with it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, I think that was, that was definitely the, the word during the rounds. And then I think the performance in Twickenham, you saw like kind of how they were. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, <clears throat> Like my sense of how France were kind of ticking along was they won a Grand Slam last year not playing the best rugby you'd have to say definitely not playing typical French rugby and while that's grand when you're winning I was kind of going wow okay if, if, if this starts to fall apart a little bit come the World Cup if there's any supporters that are going to get on the, the back it's the French so the Twickenham performance I think was a real stark reminder of that they haven't gone away and they're able to play the power game they're able to play the running game so I thought that was a huge huge uh, result for France and performance as well After one of the November games we were at the Aviva and then went uh, to the pub and watched the France Australia game uh, it was one of the mm. best games of rugby I've ever seen because Australia were like we've nothing to lose here and it was just before their coach ended up getting fired but they were running in tries from uh, behind their goal line and France were doing the same thing mm-hmm. and it was just such a high level of stuff that you were watching and you're like uh, I still think France are the best team in the world and you do yeah so Ireland are obviously not, not likely to win the World Cup well I, I think that the whole number one ranking thing is like 
it's nonsensical in, in a team sport, really. The team who wins the World Cup is currently the best team in the world. And we haven't had a World Cup this year. Mm-hmm. And at, at the end of the year, we're going to have a World Cup. And the best team in the world is going to win the World Cup. And the it's now implied that France were not at their best in Dublin, basically. They, well, they no, physically weren't no, trained to be at their best on that day. Yeah, like they, they, okay, they were probably at maybe 98, 97%, but take nothing away. Like That was an exceptional order performance. Mm. And France did turn up on the day as well. So I think the, the, the rankings like are such a nonsense, really. Um, I don't think the, the Irish squad really read too much into it and you see the way the draw for the World Cup is working it's crazy so I know everyone knows at this stage but you have what is the top five teams uh, ranked in the world um, sorry, sorry, except South Africa or, sorry, South Africa are on the same side all on the same side of the draw which is crazy really so you're going to have a good chance that a poor England team could get to a World Cup semi-final then once you get to that stage, you know, the old cliche that anything can happen. So um, also that the calendars are lopsided as well. So like, you know, the Six Nations will go into cold storage now. We'll have the, the provinces playing out. But come the summer, the rugby championship is going to start. And, you know, if South Africa or the All Blacks or even Australia, who I actually think are dark horses as well, like they gave Ireland a serious game in, in November too. So um, if one of those teams lights it up in the rugby championship, you know, suddenly... Ireland's Grand Slam is a little bit of a distant memory and yeah. they're coming into the World Cup on form so there's so much run, uh, road left to run before we get to the World Cup that yeah. loads can happen and it's a massive challenge to get us to the stage in September October where we were at this point and like it's not we don't traditionally play our best rugby at that point of the season because we're not attuned to so but they've done they've done it well when you think about last summer building into November clean sweep building into Grand Slam clean sweep so hopefully they've turned a the corner in that regard yeah okay so sorry Dupont is nine and it's not even up for debate right no yeah that's yeah absolutely yeah Sexton at ten was there anybody who was pushing him out I don't think so um, Entomac a lot of times Finn Russell at times, but I mean, then you think of the the Ireland game, and okay, he had a couple of moments, but that was the game where you wanted to see, you know, Finn Russell show dominant. Display. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and you didn't have that dominant play. I don't think Sexton was at his best in every game. He certainly wasn't at his best last weekend, but he's just so important. To Ireland, we saw again in. Um, in Rome when he didn't play now there was other sort of factors in that you had a new halfback pairing you had a centre pairing who I don't think will ever play for Ireland again together because it just didn't work in terms of Bundyaki and Stuart McCloskey and when Sexton isn't there it just doesn't hum as well so for me he was he was You say that but by the time we get to a World Cup semi-final we'd be like they're the only two bodies left standing lads out you go <laughs> Yeah exactly yeah. Um, I, I think the thing about Finn Russell as well is like he was wearing a, a knee brace against Ireland and so he'd obviously gone back and played a game for the club Crossing, in between yeah. And he wasn't the same player. Yeah, and like that's again. That's been unbelievable as well, hasn't it? That's yeah. The, like Finn Russell is great. Like is is great to watch. But I mean, like if you're talking about a team in a championship, who you want there? Like it's for me, it's Johnny Sexton every day. Like in terms of like you know entertainment and stuff, Finn Russell might pull a rabbit out of a hat. Is he but the best out half in the world still. Johnny Sexton, mm. I would say so. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't take another out half in the world Incredible. right now than than Johnny Sexton. Like who would you say? Like Richie Mwanga, mm. Andre Pollard. For me, Johnny Sexton every day. Um, okay, so you've gone for. Mac Hansen and Damien Pinot on the wings. Yeah, I did take a bit of kind of liberty here now in moving Mac Hansen onto the left wing if we're going to be pedantic, which I usually am when I see teams like this. And then I went against my own golden rule. But look, Mac Hansen is the type of guy I think you could play. You could play him out half. You could play him full back. But um, I thought he was exceptional for Ireland. Obviously, he got two man of the match performances and just the energy I think he gives. Obviously, he's nominated for player of the tournament, fully deserved as well. And 
James Lowe is probably a bit unlucky to, to miss out but Damien Penno I think you know outside of DuPont is probably my favourite player in the world to watch um, he's just real, real yeah. old school the try he scored against Ireland was, that was amazing that like, was one of my moments of like, yeah it was in the, the noise that the French when they just they I like, think the Irish the Irish yeah. fans are making the noises yeah. as well Maybe it was like old rugby like was like exactly Jesus. and he is real throwback to the old days he's just such a thrill a minute and yeah I thought I had to have him in my team I thought you know I have oh. to make a space for him you've gone for a 12 and a 13 combination from Scotland and Ireland yeah so um, Sione Tuipilato I thought was one of the big success stories I have to say of Scotland's Six Nations campaign I think a lot of their success was predicated on the fact that in a similar way that Ireland aren't as reliant on Johnny Sexton um, Gregor Townsend has sort of built attack that it, it, it all goes through Finn Russell but when you have a playmaker like Tui Pilato outside of him I think it made the Scottish attack less predictable and I thought he was really really impressive um, Gary Ringrose some people might say that's a bit controversial because obviously he didn't play in two of the games he was injured in Rome he was injured last weekend but my god when he did play he was he just reminded us I think of why he is uh, for me probably the best 13 in the world at the moment it was really disappointing that he didn't get to, a chance you know to feature in the, the Grand Slam I thought it was really telling that you know after he had that horrible injury which was probably the lowest point I think of the Six Nations I was over in Murrayfield it was a really horrible like that the few minutes when he was on the ground but on the, come the Tuesday he was back in at the team meetings which shows you how highly he is valued on the Friday, he was doing the captain's run. On the Thursday night, he presented Josh van der Fleer with his 50th cap. Um, so that just shows the sort of, I think, the inclusive environment that Andy Farrell has created. And it also, I think, shows how high uh, Gary Ringrose is rated in there. Is there any sense? I mean, obviously, we, we, his, his health is the main thing, but he seemed like he was on the pitch yeah, getting the medal. Like, it seemed- I, I think, like, the, like I'm not obviously not a doctor, but I think um, the return to play concussion p- protocols are so much more now about trying to get you back on your feet and trying to get you active and stuff. So, I don't necessarily think that means we're going to see Gary Ringrose play against Ulster next weekend. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm sure like Leinster and Ireland, to be fair, have a good track record of you know giving players as much time. I think in terms of 12, I should mention, I think if Jonathan Dante had played you know, throughout the Six Nations, he only played the last two games. And outside of Anton Dupont, he is probably France's most important player. So, And he was a big, big miss in, in Dublin. Yeah, as well. He's yeah. exceptional. Look, I, I think the thing about the um, if Ireland do play France in the World Cup, it's about the available uh, the world class players that both sides have available mm-hmm. I know we have strength in depth and we're going to talk about it now when we get to the front row but you absolutely whoever is most fortuitous with injuries heading into that game are going to be favourites for me on the day before kickoff. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like so much can happen. Like the, the there's going to be injuries by the time we even get to the start of the World Cup. So what is it's going to be a 33 man World Cup squad? And right now we can all pick our World Cup squads. And I would say 30, 31 of the players would be fairly similar across the board. But really and truly, they're not all going to make it. And that's just an unfortunate reality. I think of playing a, a collision sport. But you definitely feel. I'd say more confident than you would have been we'll say even at this time last year you know heading into a situation like that because I think lots of the, the players underneath the first tier have really pushed on to another level um, with Ireland like so Ryan Baird Tom O'Toole so it's encouraging OK let's get to the front row uh, Cyril by Dan Sheehan and Finley Bielan makes it mm. I thought the props were actually the the most difficult to pick. Um, I know everyone would probably debate all of my selections, but for me, the the props were probably the the two most difficult. So I'll start with Cyril Boyle. Why don't I have Andrew Porter? People are probably saying. I thought Andrew Porter was really, really good for Ireland. Definitely one of their stronger players. Um, 
for me though there's still like he he like kind of toes a fine line between like being aggressive and over aggressive he conceded six penalties against Wales he conceded four penalties against England so that's ten penalties in two games for a prop I still think certain referees feel that he kicks his hips out um, at scrum time which is an issue as well we talk about you know painting the right pictures and I think certain referees are just happy to ping Porter for that um, so I, while I thought he was very good I just think Cyril Boy was exceptional as well like he's very similar to Andrew Porter he can do it all I think he was someone who grew into the tournament as well he probably looked a little bit leggy um, in terms of that front front loading block that we spoke about but he was he was really really good um, Dan Sheehan I mean you could have argued maybe Julian Marchand I think is, is really only the, the other player you could have said And but you know Dan Sheehan missed a, a game as well but I thought he was really really good Finley Bealham, I found it hard to pick a tight end, if I'm being honest. Um, obviously, Furlong missed most of the Six Nations, and last weekend, by his own high standards, it was probably his poorest day for Ireland, which we just never say about Ireland. I've actually been amazed with how many people I've seen. I've seen lots of uh, the people's teams at the tournament, and they have Tyke Furlong in. They obviously haven't been watching, really, if they're putting Tyke Furlong in their team, because Tyke Furlong is generally what a 9 out of 10 every week and that certainly wasn't a 9 out of 10 last week so uh, I just couldn't put Tyke Furlong in for that I think Xander Fagerson maybe could have been you know a, a shout there Uni Antonio obviously you know got the suspension after he should have got the red card against Ireland He, I didn't think he was particularly good in the Six Nations either so I landed on Finley Bealham because I think coming into the Six Nations, if you had said uh, Tyke Furlong won't play until Murrayfield, you would have been really, really worried, particularly with that France game um, in round two. Um, even going to Wales in, in round one, you know, the, Wales, the Welsh scrum has been pretty good this season, even in their regions, as poor as they have been. And he was, no one was talking about Ireland missing Tyke Furlong. And no. I think that is a real testament to how much uh, Finley Bealand has come on. You think that back to Hugo Keenan's try, the stunning set piece move that they scored, and Finley Bealham was such a key part of that. And it looked like Tyke Furlong there. So, like, it was a seamless switch, and it was really disappointing, obviously, that he picked up that injury in Rome, but then you have Tyke Furlong coming back. So, I, I, people would probably come at me with picking Finley Bealham, but I mean, I think Xander Fagerson is really probably the only one who, who has a shout there. It's got a testament to Farrell as well that, like, um, the players that aren't starting are so valued, like, when they come in, it just it seems seamless, like, throughout. Yeah, and, like, he's encouraging them to, to be themselves, which kind of a lot of people thought was a bit of a cliche at the mm. start, but you think of Mac Hansen, like, I mean, geez, he was coming out with golden quotes throughout the whole Six Nations, even on Saturday night again in the mix zone, just like thrill a minute stuff. James Lowe the same and Finley Bealham by his own sort of admission is a bit of a quirky character you know and they're all being encouraged to just be themselves and I think Finley Bealham is one of the guys actually who Netflix are particularly focusing on he's given him extra access and I think a lot of people won't be aware of him like he's a bit of a gamer he just you know he likes kind of different kind of things not to your kind of stereotypical rugby player and maybe people will see a bit of that when we get the Netflix documentary next year but I think he he probably summed up you know the, the the culture, Johnny, that you're talking about in terms of Farrell creating this positive environment, and like when guys are feeling happy off the pitch, you know they're going to play better on it, and that is so true. That applies to anything at all. So I thought Finley Bealham was really, really good throughout the tournament that he we played. We saw him in a full length neck brace, or not? No, sorry, neck, leg brace yeah. at the weekend. Um, do we? I think he's supposed to be back mid-April. So like you, those those knee braces can be a bit. You know, you see them and you go, "Whoa, traction!" Yeah, like Jamie Osborne for Leinster, the young Leinster centre 
was in one as well last Saturday um, so he's going to be out for a while but I think Phelan is hoping to be back in mid-April and Connacht obviously have a, an important end of the season and he's really important there in Connacht so. Yeah, that's a pity about Osborne because you felt like if there was yeah. going to be any potential bolters mm-hmm. he was in that category uh, Okay, so it's a French and an Irish second row No, uh, I think surprised anybody James Ryan is there you've gone for Flamont Am I got that right? Yeah, well, sounds good to me. Yeah, Thibaut Flamont. Yeah, um, yeah, Thibaut Flamont. He is exceptional. I think he he sort of personifies the new the new age lock. He actually really reminds me of Ryan Baird in terms of his athletic profile, the way he plays the game. And you think that France came into the Six Nations without Cameron Walkie, who is you know one of the best young locks in the world. They didn't really miss him. So I thought Flamont was uh, outstanding. James Ryan. I mean, I don't like. I don't get too kind of caught up in kind of you know the players of the tournament, particularly not when it goes to a public vote, which I just think is an absolute nonsense. But I cannot understand how James Ryan hasn't been nominated for a Player of the Year. Um, I'm not saying necessarily he our Player of the Tournament. I'm not saying necessarily he had to win it, but in terms of picking six guys, um, I just think James Ryan was nailed on to be in there. It seemed uh, curiously biased against uh, the forwards. It was yeah. five backs and one, f- and Keelan Doris is the only. Am I right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, off the top of my head, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it because they're not they're not that glamorous. And it was funny actually. Like Thomas Ramos had a really good second half of the Six Nations. You know, you mentioned about him not putting him at fullback, but I was talking to a few French journalists um, after the the France game in Ireland, and they were like really critical of Thomas Ramos. He got right. take he got taken off early in that game. They felt like that it was a lot of the blame was down to him for right. Ireland winning, and all of a sudden now he's been. You know, nominated for a player of the tournament, but I think you're right, Chair. Like James Ryan's role is so unglamorous, but it's so bloody important. To, like, you, like I know you guys have spoken about it as well on the show in terms of like, and I have as well with you. But how important quick rock ball is. Ryan's role in that is so so important in terms of hitting rocks and ensuring that Jameson Gibson Park has quick ball to play off. But they're the kind of things that like you, you know it's not really sexy. Not sexy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but in terms of like Irish performance and locks, I thought he was yeah outstanding. Uh, speaking of sexy, it's an entire Ireland back row that is pretty sexy. Omani van der Fleer, Caelan Doris. Yeah, again, I think Peter O'Mahony fits into the James Ryan category. Uh, he won't get a lot of the plaudits, particularly outside Ireland, but I thought he had a quietly outstanding tournament for Ireland, particularly in Murrayfield when everything was going to pot around the line-out. Himself and James Ryan came together and sorted out. Uh, Josh van der Fleer, I mean, what more can you say about him? Tr- thrown into the line-out. Uh, Andy Farrell said he took up golf three years ago, down to single figures already. The guy's got it all. Uh, Caelan Doris, yeah. Um, it was really unfortunate. I, I would be surprised if he was had been fully fit in that England game last week he wasn't at his kind of dominant best but up to that point before he got the injury early on in, in Murrayfield I think he was nailed on to be probably player of the tournament and I think now it's definitely more of a debate I know there was a debate about the rule and the validity of the rule and the law and okay so the law is the law and so therefore the Scottish uh, quick line out didn't even look that quick I'd say but anyway the piece of athleticism from Van, from Doris to win the ball was mm-hmm. like Michael Jordan esque because it's like I'm kind of stretching over it yeah. wasn't even straight I just and, and now it's wiped from everything we're never yeah. going to see it again in the highlight rounds and, and it cost Ireland well it, it didn't cost because they had a couple of chances at the end but a bonus point and they would have had a grand slam with five bonus points which has never been done before so maybe it was kind of just keep everyone's you know, expectations 24 out of 25 points I know they got a the couple of bonus points for winning the grand slam but 24 out of 25 points and still feeling like there's plenty of scope for improvement is a remarkable place to be That's the bit isn't it that um, if they can just make sure that the complacency that we felt as a, a nation before kickoff. Well, I, I spoke about that on Saturday as well. My cat, like saying, like we can actually certainly my unit can play a lot better than we have. Is that is that and that's just that's not arrogance. It's like we actually can. 
No, I think if you went through each of the games, you'll pick out holes in it. Like you're never going to have like a full, you know, 100% perfect performance. That's not realistic. But I think if you went through it, and which Ireland will, they will find loads of of, of holes. Like you think back to the the England performance, they probably saved their worst performance yeah. the last. Really, yeah. like I know Rome was a bit different because they made a few changes, but to beat England at home with a bonus point to win a Grand Slam, and it was probably like a seven out of ten performance. You'd have to say, like it's just incredible, really. So I think that's enough to keep everyone's feet on the ground really and particularly the coaching staff so while the players will have enjoyed the the last few days like when they come into camp in what is it July before the the August kind of warm up games they'll be given reams of footage I think to, for areas and, and you had like say you had New Zealand but then you have like um, Scotland Italy England and obviously the French game where they had to come through re- real mental and kind of physical like fortitude to need to show that and this, like I think that definitely stands to a team it's like okay we'll, we'll manage this we, we, we've done this time and time again different scenarios as well and the pressure last week was different to a pressure of going down to New Zealand and winning a third test because they were at home in front of a home crowd and I think it was actually better that England came and gave them a game because they had to find a way to the, win the sending off was a shame in that regard it was like because then like if it were 15 v 15 they, I think they still, still would have won they still would have like, them yeah and Paul O'Connell made this point after the French game or sorry recently in talking about the French game that he was delighted that Antonio didn't get sent off mm. because I think that game certainly there would have been a caveat yeah. if, you know all France but they were down to 40 men I don't think this England team with 50 yeah. men would have beaten Ireland so um, yeah pretty good place to be Alright Keen good stuff um, I expect it'll be a busy day defending your uh, selections <laughs> Looking forward to my uh, mentions yeah OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now